Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Darth Tube himself. Will, how are you today? Uh, bright suns. I'm doing really, really well. I'm so excited to talk about Book of Boba Fett tonight. Oh, me too. Me too. Chapter 4. For the gathering storm. Oh yes, Ooh. so many goodies in here to talk yes. about. Yes, so much to talk about. And let's start off right with the fact that it looks like, at least from my vantage point, that we have stopped with the flashbacks. I think they've, so. They've kind of caught up to where we are in the story. Unless they're um, going to start pulling like a "This Is Us" thing, if you've ever seen that show, and they're going to start having flash forwards, which mm. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know if that's really the way they want to go. But I do, in fact, uh, yeah, I, I think the fact that they ended with the like a shortened scene of the Easter egg from the end of season two Mandalorian yeah. makes me think that think, yeah, and you caught, yeah, and he's and he's fully healed, or so the uh, droid said. Yeah, uh, like I'm not saying that he can't, you know, have flashbacks again, but I, yeah, I think yeah. we're done. I think we're yeah. done. <laughs> and now, what did you think of how they how they did the flashbacks and where it ended? Um, I, I think it answered everything I needed to know. Um, yeah. It brought us right up to where, pretty much, where we saw, mm -hmm. or at least at a reasonable spot where we would imagine both Boba Fett and Fennec. Who are now together. I'm really glad they told that story. Yeah. Um, I just think that, you know, it, it was a question mark. It wasn't, it, you know, it didn't need to be mysterious. Like, why are these two who are, you know, what little we saw of Fennec Shan in the first season of Mandalorian, that half of an episode, uh, she didn't really present anything more than being a cold-blooded mercenary for hire. Yeah. And who was wanted, and she was conniving and she was trying to you know you right from the get-go she had no mercy so you're thinking to yourself why in the middle in the midst of episode of season two of mandalorian is she with this this boba fett guy yeah and why is there a life debt what's going where's that story was yeah. it boba fett i mean we assume we've been so these were questions i was happy that they yeah. answered and well it and made it, yeah go ahead oh i was gonna say this it also answered the question of because I know a lot of people were like, well, why is why was this, you know, bounty hunter Boba Fett, who is this, you know, tough, you know, take no prisoners type of bounty hunter who was always in it for the money, you know, seemed to be for the money. Why did he suddenly turn and do this? And I think this answered that question, too. This, this leading up to it, especially this episode leading up to, okay, why did he stop, you know, wanting to be a bounty hunter? what happened, what was his reasonings between becoming from a bounty hunter to now wanting to lead a, as he put it, lead a house, lead a family. I, okay, I agree 100%. Uh, I do think that the, not just this episode, but I think the four episodes worth, especially of flashbacks, mm -hmm. um, kind of tell that story, and this one kind of wrapped, wrapped that yeah. part of it up. But I do want to say this. I do want to say that... Um, uh, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and you know, he was a friend of mine beforehand. He was a friend of mine during this conversation, and he's still a friend of mine. So, yeah. kids, you can have conversations and disagreements, 
Um, and he was a, he's of the camp that, you know, he he preferred Boba Fett as a bad, badass, you know, bounty hunter who never said anything, read a handful of lines, and that was it. I said, okay. So I, I decided that uh, I'm going to present the other side. So I I always begin this, whenever I have this conversation with anyone, is with, I respectfully disagree. I always start with that because I want them to understand that, look, I'm not here to tell you that you're a jerk because you're wrong. Or, or I should say you're a jerk because I think you're wrong. It's not that at all. I'm just saying I disagree with your assessment and your opinion, and here's why. And I present my evidence. And the evidence was essentially that this is how I feel. Boba Fett, I was never – Boba Fett looked really cool. Boba Fett from day one looked really cool. Mm-hmm. As a toy collector and as a kid who grew up with the toys – I love that action figure, even though his, uh, his uh, aforementioned advertised rocket pack firing mechanism didn't work because some kid choked on something and they had to glue it. It was still a cool figure, and we anticipated that character. Well, that character came on, on the scene, and what did he do? What did he really do? Just to the movie, talking about Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. he basically was a delivery boy to you know he was whining to vader it was cool i'll give him that that he was somebody who could kind of talk to vader and vader seemed to have this little relationship with him which i thought was interesting but he basically just shuffled that frozen carbonite han sickle onto his ship took a one or two pot shots at luke skywalker and that was it flew away that was all we had he was a tracker and then he was a delivery boy then he was basically a yes man to Vader and then to Jabba in the second in, in the second third movie, only to die a pretty what we thought was die a pretty um, silly death at the hands of a blind and dumbfounded Han Solo. <laughs> Boba Fett, where? <laughs> okay, so let's think about what do we have now, right? We have this character who has ooh, this stink bug in my. Oh. in my house here we have this character who who crawled his way out of the Sarlacc was captured by Tuscans became part of their tribe helped them uh, grew to, grew as a person grew as a human being to understand that you know change happens in life you're not the same person you were 20 years ago I'm not the same no. person so why would we expect a bounty hunter to be that way. And it would have been enough. He didn't even have to explain that in my book. But he put this beautiful explanation about having a tribe. And you yeah. have a family. I have a family. We understand that. Mm-hmm. Most people have some grouping of people, a, 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 a friends, friendship circle, a family that is, is everything to them. So for, for us to see that. And so I said to him, I said, Boba Fett has done more in the in a handful of episodes of Mandalorian and this entire season so far, and has done more as a character and grown more as a character than I've ever seen before. And I'm so happy that we have him like this and yeah. I'm here for it. And I wasn't even as behind, I wasn't even as big of a fan of this show at the beginning of the episode, the first episode one. I liked it, but it was more for me is more fan service. And now I am, I can't mm. wait. I am so yeah. ready for the next three episodes. So yeah. that's just me. But you're absolutely right. It, it just it explained everything. Yeah. And he he wrapped it up. Way. Like his exp- explanation to Finnick 
you know, just really wrapped everything up and really solidify everything that you, like you said, everything that we've said up to, up to this point, you know, he solidified it and said, just distinctly, this is why I want to take, why I want to want to overthrow Bib Fortuna mm-hmm. and take his place, you know, because not only because of, you know, he, he, you know, feels of, you know, everyone needs a tribe, as you said, everyone needs this family, but, you know, from his background, looking at the way, like you said, people like him and Finnick were treated by the people that were their employees or employers. Right. Who is he? So, I love having like, you know, they're idiots. <laughs> they're, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and here we are, you know, we're smarter than them. We have, we're more cunning. We can do better. We can do better, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, it's uh, it, it's just that lament of, you know, you've been, you've been going along doing this and doing this and doing this. And what does it all mean? And we, you know, people go through that. They go through that. They go through this crisis of, of conscience or crisis of like, you know, midway through their life or having a near death experience. Boba Fett's kind of all three of those things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, what did you think of the, the little crossover we got? A uh, little seeing, seeing the scene from the Mandal from, Oh, the first yes. season of the Mando, Mandalorian, but seeing it from the different, the minute I saw those flares go up, I'm like, oh, I know where we're at. I know uh, exactly where we're at. It wasn't the flares for me. It was the sound effect music that happened there. Mm-hmm. A little, wow, you know, whatever that little, it's not the music. It's more of a, it sounds like a, 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 a howl or something. I don't even know what, how to describe it, but it is part, it was definitely from, from the Mandalorian. And yeah. I had not heard it at all this season. So I knew that I was like, hmm, oh, yep, that's right. That's what that's, she's going to yeah. do. So yeah. I was fine with it. I thought it was great. I thought yeah. it was, it was I, I was really excited about it because I'm like, all right, now we're going to get to see how this all comes into play. And I laughed because the minute he picked her up, I said, I know where he's taking her. You know, I thought he was going to just go to his his new employers or employee employees that were all from the last episode, the mods. You know, I thought he was going to just go to them, but um, but he went right to a mod. I love the mod, uh, like the mod parlor, the mod parlor. I call it like yeah. a tattoo parlor. Yeah, you know, I just thought that was. I I I mean, it is. You would do you agree that it's kind of like a a parallel. Like a, an analogy to people that get tattoos. I yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that, and again, I, I that getting inked is a far more acceptable thing to do now than it was twenty, thirty, forty years ago, and, and or more. Uh, now it's like everyone and their mother is getting yeah. getting tattoos. I, I well, do not have one. I and I don't have one. Only, not because I'm against it, but because I don't want to have the pain of going through <laughs> getting it. That's basically it. I'm like, yeah. hey, yeah. guy, people show I up with the whole interesting parallel with seeing all the all the the people who were the mods as they call them with all their aesthetic in correlation to what had happened before the Star Wars universe with Vader. Yes, you had a person who was this complete, you know, I mean, almost half machine, if anything. And you wonder if there was, if that 
you know, if you had a correlation between Vader and these mods and well, I I wonder if there was and I was watching some some uh follow, we talk about some of the follow up yeah. um sites that we watch, but I was wondering if what was one of them they were like talking about Vader kind of masking his mm-hmm. roboticism, his mods that he had. Well, he was he had a lot of mods when you think yeah. about it, and it wasn't, but it wasn't by choice. You know, he it, yeah. it was it was a necessity, but he hid it. You know, and Luke did the same thing, right, with the glove. He put the glove on, and he yeah. didn't see that. But then you see Luke in Last Jedi, and he's got no more. You got no more glove and no more fake hand. It's just the robot hand. Yeah. And you wonder if maybe he was um, honoring his father. Maybe he was honoring, uh, you know, the idea that this is not, this is a part of who you are. This is not something to be embarrassed. So, you know, you wonder if maybe he kind of took on that same mantra that these kids, these mods were taking on in a way, just saying, you know, this is, although I think that they took it more to an extreme and a rebellious extreme. Uh, yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's more like the, you know, the kids who get, you know, ta- or used to would get tattoos because it was a rebellious thing to do. I want to, right. you know. Now, um, I had no issue with any of those mods except one, hmm. the guy with the two eyes. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm assuming that those, I mean, <laughs> I'm assuming that those are actually like part of the, you know, they, 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 they kind of plug into his eyes. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow. You're giving up. You're giving up your natural vision for droid vision. That's creepy. One eye, yeah. maybe, but two eyes was just yeah. bugging me. That bugged me. I, I mean, I I loved loved seeing it. But it just, a couple it, a couple things I know. Did you notice that the the initial hand that the modder had? Did you notice it was a battle? It was? it was a battle droid, right? Super battle droid. Super, super battle droid with the two. You know, with the yeah. two, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and and that. Well, let's talk about the uh, mod guy. Apparently, uh, what's this Thundercat? So yeah, he was, he's a bass player. He's a bass player, and his his music was being. He was using. He was running now, the riff. What did you think? What did you think of the music? Because that was at first, I was just kind of like, I don't know, like, because I, I think we're so set on a certain style of music with Star Wars. You know, whether I, it be the movies or the TV, even if it's different. We're yeah, assume we're naturally, I think, inclinated to something very specific. And for me, at least, it took me a second to be like, "This is weird. This is just kind of like, like I don't. Like, I wasn't that it was bad. It just for a second, it felt out of place. For at okay. least for me, I'll tell you this. Hey, Donald, how you doing? Um, I will tell you this. My take on it was this: as a musician, music educator, and, and you know, professional musician. Um, I, very, the music is very much a part of every movie watching experience for me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, yes, it can take me out of it. And sometimes it can, um, really help enhance the story. Uh, ever since I've, you know, you know me, you know, I've said it many, many times on, on, on this show. I love and worship the ground that John Williams walks on. Yeah. Cannot believe he's turning 90 in a, in like two weeks. So it's, it's crazy, but I, love everything he's done. I love what he does. I love what he brought to the Star Wars universe. However, I was accepting of the fact that he's not going to be able to do this forever. The moment we heard this little horn, the horn wipe, or the horn rip, at the very beginning, the first note of music we heard that wasn't John Williams, pretty much, 
uh, in Rogue One, I was okay. I said, all right, it's different. It's not Star Wars the way I know it, but it's still Star Wars. It's just, it's just new. So once that happened, and then John Powell for Solo, and then Ludwig, Ludwig Goranson for Mandalorian, I feel like, all right, I'm, and, and Kevin Kiner as well. I mean, he, he was with the cartoons, but he did, you know, delve away from it. I started being okay with letting the music be what it is. Now, in the case of this particular scene, um, having a little more knowledge of the fact that this was the, this was the space player and having this really cool bass riff in there kind of felt a little meta but it was kind of cool yeah and i also felt that watching that watching this i i agree with you that it seemed a tad out of place but so do the mods that's kind of what made me event you know it, it was just like a split second it's like huh this seemed it seemed very modern to me but i also feel that these the, the mod players the the people all the kids that are there they're them and their fancy colored bikes, you know. I think that they're this faction of characters that are different than what we're used to, mm-hmm. and that I think that's what they're going for. I think that's the rebellious nature of them, and so and there they are just hanging out, watching them put you know put droid parts on other people. It's kind of it's it's a little grotesque, a little strange, a little badass a little cool i mean it's a little bit of everything so i i was i was very um I, I i was okay with it once once i started seeing especially once he started working on 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 uh droiding up uh fennec i was okay with it you know i just yeah, felt I like the fact that it looked you know everything looked very practical oh yeah looked like pump. practical effects the pumps yeah. and seeing the, everything the tubes yeah yeah and then he's aren't you going to cover them up or cover her up and and cover up this beautiful machine yeah, yeah cover up the work you know why he's definitely an artist you know <laughs> yeah it's like what and i love all... i love the thing when he when he comes in and you know trying to get you know him to like you know oh i don't take walk-ins you have to have an appointment and what's it super just... cuts <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just puts puts the bag of uh of money down and said well why don't you start with that in the first place i know that's crazy yeah. Uh, but no, and, and I thought it was good. Little little fun tip. Um, the, it was a little boy. I should say little, but maybe teen, maybe young teenager. Um, that was in the st- in the shop. Mm-hmm. A little trivia: Ming Na Wen's son. Ooh. So, yeah. So that's kind of a cool little cameo. Yeah. Um, cool. and and that's a really great for this episode because this truly was a a great Fennec episode. You know, it was just yeah. a great Ming Na Wen moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I love those two. You know, I happened to yeah. watch uh, or listen to rather uh, last this week. They were on uh, the Disney Insider podcast, which is which is an official. It's an official Disney podcast, and it runs about a half an hour, so it's not a huge amount of commitment. Um, and you know, the, it's it's a little bit over the top. Like the the three people, the three hosts are all about Disney. Woohoo! Disney Plus, Disney Parks, Disney this, Disney, yeah, yeah, Disney. But that's what they do. That's their job. Yeah. But but their interviews are fantastic, and they had on um, they had on the direct two two weeks ago they had on the directors of uh, most of the, most of the Hawkeye TV series, mm-hmm. and this week I said oh I can't wait for them to get something going for for Boba Fett. Well, sure enough, this past week they had on Tim Morrison and and Ming Na Wen, mm-hmm. 
and it was great, you know, to hear them kind of banter back and forth about yeah. the thing, and it was fun. So, all right, so there they are. There's there's Fennec. She wakes up in the fireplace. Oh, I got to talk about this. I love the Bantha. Yeah, I love the Bantha. That is a puppet puppeted thing. It's not an elephant. Yeah. No elephants were harmed in the making of Banthas. It's four puppeteers plus a whole bunch of other ones running remote controls. It's like it's practical and holy cow, he's riding a banta. Yeah. And and it's and it's just great. And he sits with him and he's feeding him and he's petting him. And it's just such a cute Yeah, that thing. was my I I kinda wonder it's like, wait, are Banthas are Banthas omnivores? Because <laughs> he threw him a piece of meat. Apparently I guess so. It's like I mean, I don't know what he, I don't know what bantas eat in the middle of the no in the desert, uh, but I mean, you know, it's it's just such a cute thing, and uh, I know <coughs> there's been a lot of um, um, customizing uh, Star Wars toy makers that do their own stuff, and they've been creating uh, customized Kenner style from 1970s bantha. Mm-hmm. That they were gonna make, but they never did. So these these uh, creative people are kind of doing their own versions of it, and it's just it's 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 a hoot. It's fantastic. Definitely. So um, I'm 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 I put I put an order in for one. I'm waiting for it to come. Nice. In. So, but yeah. So like you said, you know, he they're up they're in there in the uh, by the fire in the middle of tat and the desert and. He kind of starts to lay out what he wants to do. Yeah, and he kind of explains it and talks about it. And you know, Fennec is not. It, it, here we go. We're getting into that same, but in a in a different way. But in that same call to adventure, that he's kind of like, you know, inviting Fennec, and Fennec doesn't commit to it. You know, she's, yeah. she, she's like, "Well, I'll do I'll do jobs for you, but but I'm 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 kind of." I'm an independent contractor. That's independent contractor, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I, yeah. you know, just it, you know, we knew, of course, you know, knowing where we are now, like she kind of commits to him like a life debt almost. So yeah. we know that, you know, I guess at this point she doesn't see it as a, she doesn't see it as a life debt. She sees it as at this point in the in 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 the story, she sees it as helping him get his ship back. Mm-hmm. Um, the fire spray. Yeah, we'll call it, We'll come back to that in a moment. We'll come back uh, to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, helping her him get the fire spray back uh, is would be repayment enough, and that would be that. But we both know that you know she yeah. ends up staying with him. Um, okay, so the fire spray. Uh, I do know that that is the actual type of ship. It is. Yeah. It's like yeah. calling, you know, saying I'm going to go get my Honda or my CRV or whatever. Yeah. It's the fire spray. Or uh, like, or like calling, like say you're gonna go to, uh, you know, to use a Star Wars analogy to say, instead of saying the Millennium Falcon, you say my Krillian YT two YT one fifteen. Right, which they've done, so it's not uncommon to do. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? The the, the change of name from Slave One. I don't know, because at some point it's just kind of like I'm not one of these people that's gonna be like, oh, I'm never gonna watch Star Wars again no. because. <laughs> I'm just like, whatever. It's like I kind of roll my eyes, like, okay, sure, it's this fire spray now. I, you know, it's funny, it, <laughs> you know, but because it, it's one of those things. It's like, so, like I'm, uh, I'm walking a delicate line here. Here's the thing. Yeah, well, I'm walking okay. a delicate line. But go on. Okay, 
So I was going to use a more of a real world analogy from where I live. So um, there's a there's two buildings in the state of Illinois that have had name changes in the last the last few decades. One is what was once known as Sears Tower is now Willis Tower. One of the, it was one time the tallest building in America. Um, I think the uh, the world the new World Trade Center is eclipsed at now. Okay. Well, the official name is Willis Tower, but everyone still calls it Sears Tower. Same thing. There's a base. There's a basketball stadium. It used to be called the Assembly Hall. It's now called State Farm Center. Everyone still calls it State uh, Assembly Hall. I oh. think it's going to be the same thing with this ship. We have like, the Garden State Art Center that is now called the PNC Bank Art Center. Yeah. Called, all, all, us are anybody my age or older calls it the Garden yeah. State Art Center. But but I think it's going to be kind of the same thing where you're going to have. Fan, the fans will still be like, "Oh yeah, it's Slave One." Yeah. I, well, all right. So, you know, so it doesn't matter what the official name is. People are still going to be, people are still going to refer to it as, "Oh yeah, that's Slave One." That's yeah, Slave One. I, I would say this. I mean, first of all, I agree with you, whole hundred percent. People are going to call it what they're going to call it, and who cares? Yeah. All right. I, I do want to say that I walk a line because um, I understand what Disney's point is. I really do. Um, you know, you when. I, you know, and believe me, I teach in a high school, in a public high school. I am very, very careful with everything I do in my life because of the fact that if I do something that offends somebody, it could, in this day and age, be a very uh, a bad, detrimental thing for my career. Okay, now I'm the kind of person naturally who who doesn't really. I'm not someone who I think very hard about the other person. I think about what another person is going through and i therefore oftentimes will say you know what it's not worth it you know what do i care you know if, they, if this person doesn't want to be called this or that or this has a preference i'll I, you know i'll respect them and do that it's nothing off of my it's nothing off of my my neck it doesn't affect my life at all yeah so if it, if it helps another person i'm trying to be kind you know and that's mm-hmm. it's about choosing kindness and that's just who i am but um what i will say though also is that you know, there's a lot of people that feel, you know, they want, they get, they, you know, they get very, let's say the word, um, uncomfortable around this thing called wokeness, if you want to call that. I don't even yeah. know what that term truly means, but I, I mean, I think we call it this, it used to be politically correct. Mm-hmm. That was the, that was the term in the late eighties and nineties. Yeah. And now it's become wokeness. I I get very I get very uncomfortable around people who get uncomfortable about that because yeah. I'm like you know what if you are not a person who has had to deal with something you know if like for example five years ago we were dealing with people getting angry that there was uh, there was a a, um, a woman lead a woman lead in a Star Wars film mm-hmm. or a black lead. Okay. Maybe they weren't upset that it was a woman lead. Maybe they were just upset that there wasn't a man lead or something. Maybe they were upset that their their hero, Luke, Han, Leia, weren't uh, in the forefront. But the idea that has to has to be said is that if you can't see it from another person's perspective, if you can't stop to think maybe this is something that maybe someone a, a young you know young black children need to see a hero that looks like them. Maybe yeah. young Hispanic people need to see a hero that looks like them. Young women need to see, you know, and they need to see people that are gay, people that are lesbian, need to see people in roles 
that are like them so they understand and, and can be that way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see that as just being a, you know, just a, a being kind and, and yeah. understanding. We have plenty of films that represent us, you know, that said that, that we're represented. So Disney made it, Disney made a decision because of the term slave, because of all these things going on with Confederate statues and things of that nature. And the idea of slavery is something that we're, you know, this country is, is having a lot of growing pains trying to get away from. Yeah. And, and one of the ways to do it is to not glorify anything with it. So I understand Disney's decision to do that. And frankly, it was never mentioned in any film. Yeah. All right. I, I don't was, think. I don't even. I don't even know if if Lucasfilm originally came up with it, or yeah, if it was. I don't know what the. When it the, might have been in one of the books, so it might it have been. Might in have been the, yeah, yeah, it might have been in the, the script. But let's face it: the only way we knew it was looking at the toy. Yeah, and it was a cool toy. <laughs> and that doesn't whether whether the thing is a whether the ship is called a slave one or it's called a fire spray, and whether people call it that, whatever, it's still a cool ship, and it's still yeah. a cool lamppost design that i love so honestly it's like you know what if you call it slave one fine if you call it fire spray fine if you get upset at the name change get upset about something else there are so many things in the world to get upset about yeah let's not let's not get and and again i appreciate people's passions i do people are passionate about star wars look you and i have a podcast i have a, a youtube channel we're passionate about this but being, there's one thing about being passionate. There's another thing altogether about being so almost to the point of violently upset that it that it it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy for you. It's unhealthy for others. So you know, just perspective. Yeah. But yeah, love the I um I love that you know this episode was about getting the fire spray slash one, um, yeah. retrieved. Right. Now, what did uh, I thought was again the humor of Star Wars came in. Oh, when yeah. they went into the, and you find out that the initial droid that uh, was doing the uh, in Return of the Jedi, who gave that they had to process that the droids had to be processed through. I don't think in the kitchen. I don't think that's the same droid. You don't think that's the same one that was no, I'll the. T- uh, I'll tell you why. Work. First, first of all, it was a little shorter. Okay. And second of all, um, I mean, his neck was a little shorter. And second of all, we saw that droid working at the cantina in episode mm-hmm. one of or in the first season of Mandalorian, which happens slightly around the same time. So yeah. I don't think he's moonlighting as a droid. Um, so I believe, and I do believe that um, his name is, I'm, I'm looking here on, I want to just see if his, if his, no, it doesn't really say, let me see, see all. Uh, I don't think he's listed here, mm-hmm. but I thought some of the channels I've been watching kind of said that that's not him. That's just uh, that's just another droid like him, like another R two yeah. unit, you know. Another um, that had the same style, see, of- and and I did, you know, the voice was very similar too, which yeah. I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, but I was loving the pancake clipping droid from episode two. Yeah, the, all the different, <laughs> and then doing the whole General Grievous thing, which I was like, yeah. that's that's, and that's exactly what like a grumpy old chef in a kitchen would do. It's like, get out of my kitchen. <laughs> So uh, and the little know. mouse, the little, oh the little my mouse. god, that droid was so cute. That's gonna the be the new. I've... That's gonna be the new Grogu, man. Grogu better watch out. He, he just turned himself off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he came back later, though. I was worried. Like, did he just like off himself for good? 
but he didn't. He just turned himself off. But his, his yeah. face was just so cute. So um, he he's appeared, or that type of droid has appeared in um, Clone Wars Clone and Rebels. Wars, yeah. So so yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's nice to see him kind of live action. Uh, I like the little chase scene between Boba and that droid. You know? Yes, that was that was funny. And then um, I did like that the frogs escaped the stew. Yeah, like, no, you know, the, yeah, the one-eyed frogs. No Man. one-eyed frogs were harmed either in the making of this yeah. episode. Uh, we got some more Kersantan, which I think. All right, well, well, let's just all right, so so let's just get continue chronologically before okay. we get yeah. to Kersantan. He uh, so they got they managed to get the ship out. Oh uh, yeah, of Jabba's palace. Um, I like the door, that back door, kind of going into the ground versus up, kind of a little different thing. Uh, <coughs> Fennec's gonna stick around a little, while, a little while longer. You know, you can tell that she's kind of liking to be being with this guy and 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 you know, trying to help him realize his vision. And oh my God, the scene with the with the biker gang. Oh, I did not see Slave One coming right away. I was like yeah. watching them, like, oh, it's a cool scene. And I'm like, wait a minute, oh my God, there's Slave One. And then by the time I saw it, he was already firing on him. And I'm like, all right. And to all those people, all those folks out there, they're like, oh, you know, Boba Fett's being a, you know, just he's all soft. I'm like, uh, this is not soft. This guy is pissed. And you notice they even called that out in the show. Yes. They said, you've gone soft. Right. Gone, and then he's like, no, it made me, it made me stronger. stronger. Which yeah. I appreciated. And they, and they even kind of established that. You know, Fennec Shan didn't necessarily believe that those guys were were fully responsible for it. Mm-hmm. So we may find out in the next couple of episodes that they weren't even. They might have been like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> but we have established that they are, you know, a not a nice group of guys. Yeah. So I, I think that that's not a big deal. But um, nonetheless, you know, he he really took him out, and then he goes to the Sarlacc, and then I'm oh. like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "What is he going to do?" And I thought it was interesting. He had he, you know, some people were like, "I'm like, what do you mean? He can't remember that he didn't that he that he had his armor on. He thought he left his armor in the Sarlacc." But you know, come on, he was like this close to death when he got out of the Sarlacc, and he was passed out. And the Jawas took his thing, and he re- he had a reactionary kind of knee jerk, you know, reflex to grab the Jawa, and then they just knocked him out. By then, armor's gone. Come on, yeah. there's no way he remembers that. So. What a cool f- idea of him, like le- you know, going straight Le- over yeah, top of straight it. Straight over it, yeah. But I, I was like, I was ready to, I was getting ready to be like, all right. I thought for sure that they weren't going to show the beak of the Sarlacc, mm-hmm. and I would have been pissed about that. Okay, mm-hmm. would I have been like never going to watch a show? No, but I would have been disappointed, and I'll tell you why. Because I recognize that there's a lot of people. Who you know don't like the special edition editions editions yeah. that they put in? At least not all of them. I of the I have a, my opinion on it is very simple. George Lucas wanted to make his movie. He couldn't make the movie he wanted to make. He made the movie he wanted to make with those special editions. I guarantee that one of those special edition ad editions, even the most cringeworthy cringeworthy ones that people have, would have affected the popularity of Star Wars in the world. Had he got, had he added them in 1977 or be, or, or 80 or 83. So it's because they were so minor, they were so minute, right? But 
So he wanted a beak for the Sarlacc. Big deal. But when I didn't see it, I'm thinking, oh, no. Is Lucasfilm backtracking now? Are they going to just like say, oh, the beak didn't exist? And I, and I was so happy when it <laughs> it came out and jump scared us. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, was, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that jump scare because the minute he came down, I'm like, okay, where's what's it gonna happen? Is it, it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? When's the thing gonna come out? And then yeah, which you could not have done without the beak. I mean, what's it gonna do? Like maybe a tentacle, but the beak was like, and in the glass, it's very Jurassic Park. I thought I thought it was really yeah. a, a Jurassic Park moment, and yeah, you know, and then the tentacles grabbing it, grabbing it, and and then. Oh, you got to love. How awesome. I'm sorry. You can love and hate. You can have all the hate you want on the prequels, but the prequels gave us so much goodness. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they gave, an Attack of the Clones, mind you, one of the least well-received, uh, least received uh, of the prequels, gave us the seismic charge. Uh, <laughs> and the Sarlacc. One of the greatest sounds in Star uh, history. I was so happy. And, you know, I... I know David W. Collins worked on the sound for this for this episode. Um, David W. Collins, uh, if you don't know him, he's a he's an actor, a voiceover actor. He's like the voice of every stormtrooper since Disney bought Star Wars. So like, he, him and Sam Witwer do like ninety percent of the stormtroopers. Um, but he also does sound mixing and sound design. He's done stuff for the video games. He's done stuff for Lucasfilm and other areas. Uh, he also runs his own podcast called uh, The Soundtrack Show. Which great if you want to like and not just Star Wars I mean all t- all different types and he's fantastic so uh, if you ever get a chance to listen to him he's great he also does a Im- killer uh, young Han Solo impression so you know it's, it's his young Han Solo voice is spot on so he's done like you know fan made radio dramas anyway so he did the sound mixing for this so I was so happy because his sound mixing he's like he, you know he learned at the foot of the master of Ben Bird so. And Matthew Wood, so he's he's fantastic. Um, but yeah, to put, you to put the, what a great way to use that, and then the whole sand thing jumps up like that, and and even and then you see some of the sail barge sinking. I was like, this is awesome. This is just. And then <laughs> I'm glad they didn't show him like in the Sarlacc anymore. That's I had yeah. I'd, I'd had enough. Yeah, of I had enough. Yeah. So, but he, you know, climbing out, no armor, you know. So, and I liked how Fennec was pouring water on him. You know, it's a, this is. You know that the the armor protected you. You're gonna need to find a back back to tank, though. So yeah, so that kind of led up to you know like okay, so okay, that's why he's doing the back to to right. So back from... to right. So 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 that guess I guess that brings us to the modern moment. And um, I you know he goes out going in to check things out and he likes to make make his face known in the town. And then there he is in the uh, what's the name of the club? Do you remember the name of the club? No, I don't not remember. Yeah, I can't, I'm sorry. Somebody has something in the comments. Put one in there. Yeah. But uh, so they leave a. Uh, they they go in there, and that's when we see Chrysanthemum. And yeah, say his name, Chrysanthemum. Thank you. I'm, I'm like, oh. and, and yeah, we see him drinking that, watching those Tradosians uh, play that play that card game, and he does not look happy. Well, I mean, I thought it was very smart of the of the produce the production company to have the scene in the first episode, or I think it was the first episode, with yeah. the Transocean presenting a Wookiee pelt. Yes, which I thought was that was a good yeah. indicator. But if you really want like a fantastic indicator, you need to watch the Clone Wars. There's a Clone Wars episode 
or maybe a two-parter that has Chewbacca in it. Mm-hmm. And it's um, he was a Wookiee slave on a slave on a Trandoshan slave ship, and he was being hunted by Trandoshans. That's what they do; they hunt Wookies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when watching that, and of course, if you've read novels, if you've read books or comics, you, you'll know that they they there's a lot of stories that have gone on about that. But to see, you know, to know that's the relationship between the Trandoshans and the Wookies, and to see Chrysanthemum just sitting there. She's getting more and more angry. And I don't know what it is about the way they design that character. Yeah. But I am frightened to death of him, oh. but I can't turn away. He's oh, yeah. so interesting to look at. He just and you can just tell by that that look. I mean, I gotta give it up for um, you know, Carrie Jones is the actor that plays him. It's just I mean, you can do so much with those eyes. Oh. And, and that growl that, that he puts in. And yeah, yeah. It, he's he's so much, it's so much different than Chewbacca. Because, like, we've come to know Chewbacca as being, like, yes, he's big, he's strong, but he's, lo- he's, he's, he's a, lovable. He's, he's a lovable quality. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah I don't want to cuddle up with Chrysanthemum. I don't want to cuddle up with Chrysanthemum. And those, they called them the knuckle dusters. Yeah, he uh, had them, like, oh. sliding up or whatever. It and was the way he kind of spark and then... But I loved you. So he goes in. He you could just tell. You know he's going to attack. You know he's going to yeah. attack. Then he stands up, and then there, here it comes, and he goes ballistic on the Trandoshans, lifted the one guy up, and then you got to give it up for Garza Whip, yeah, Jennifer Beale's character. I, I really liked her in the scene. She just my like, favorite. My favorite part was the when the when that one Trandosh hits him in the back with the glass or whatever, and he just turns. <laughs> he just turns. <laughs> And he's got the one up eye, and I love this. Oh. the look of the trade. I'm just like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that with the eyes going all which ways. And then um, Jennifer Beale's character, Jennifer Beale's character, just like you know, trying to stay calm. Um, I loved, but but there was a lot of cool exposition in what she was saying. Like yeah. you know, the the glory, the gladiator fighting was amazing, and you were considered a hero. You loved it. It was, it, but those times are not gone. And now this is considered horrific. So you know, I you raised up quite a tab. I will wipe the slate wipe, clean. And did you think for a second that he was going to put her down? And then I said, "Now everyone's no. looking. Not give me her a drip pin drop." And they just finally go. And even the droid, I watched it again today. And even the gambling droid, the one that looks like Rex from uh, Ogus Cantina and Galaxy's Edge, even that droid was like, <laughs> everybody went <gasps> like that. Oh my god! And there's Boba yeah. Fett. What does he do? He offers him a job. I'm like, all right. Yeah, I was waiting and- for someone to say, "Don't worry, it'll grow back." Yes, it does. Right? They do yeah, grow back. Gr- right? Yeah, they grow back. <laughs> but now he's gonna walk around with a little stump. For a while, yeah, it's still a major inconvenience. Yeah, so. but again, we saw we saw the whole thing. What was the one of the first things you learned about Wookies in a new in a new hope? They, exactly, they've been known to rip arms off of people. Right, exactly. Well, so, and then you go and you cut to the to the scene in the in Jabba's palace, and you have, or I should say, Lord Boba's palace, and you have what do you have? But this amazing table of the five families, just like the Godfather. Yeah. And it's it's so great, and you know, but it's even more. Um, I would say uh, he's really just trying to establish himself as a benevolent person in charge here, and he wants their help with this Pike Syndicate. 
and they're all just kind of like, you know, the, you know, they they don't want to they don't want to like ruffle feathers, mm-hmm. you know. And the one guy's like, "What's to stop you from taking, you know? What's to stop us from taking everything we want and just killing you, you know?" Which you know, obviously, that's a good question, fair point. <laughs> then the whole then the rancor, you know, the whole table. <laughs> And I forgot about the rancor. Yeah. So like, ah, okay. So I yeah. guess he's kept up his his uh, imprinting with the rancor. I guess that's so you know he's feeding him there. So it's like all right. So he's kind of like, what does it speak softly but carry a big rancor? Yeah, there, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if it would have been too on the nose with the uh, um, the uh, Godfather analogies for him to say. Uh, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse. I think that was yeah, that was a little too much. That, that would have been too, too, too on, on the nose. Too, too on, on the nose. nose. But uh, also that the Clatonian um, boss, played by Phil Lamar, uh, great actor. He's done a lot of voice work. Uh, done a lot of great. I think he was Mace Windu uh, for the Clone Wars. He's done quite a bit of stuff. So great to hear him and see him, yeah. even though under makeup. But and then you know it's it's obviously every, things are are left. With uh, they're gonna stay, he uh, he asks them to stay neutral while he takes care of the pikes. Um, but he has no real delusions that they're gonna do this. They'll do what's in their best interest, yeah. whatever that might be at that time. And then you get, you know, the whole like, well, do you have any money or you know, you, how how big is that treasury? He's like, I have a lot of credits. I said, well, you know, you could you can buy you know you can buy your muscle that you need and. You know, and then you hear the theme. You hear the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh. Are, <laughs> are we going to see Are we going to see Din Djarin? I think we are. I think we are definitely going to see Din Djarin. Uh, I would not rule out a few other possible cameos as well. I don't know who. A lot of people are, are, rem- are rumoring... Um, that Han Solo, like a young Han Solo, that Harrison Ford was apparently on set, and that there was there might be a de-aged Han Solo. Um, guys, I could, I'll I, if it happens, I'll love it, just like I love the Luke Skywalker thing. If it doesn't, I won't be disappointed because I don't. You're having a hard time explaining, you know, getting in. I haven't. I'm having a hard time getting in my head the story at which why. Uh, an older Han Solo, not much older, just older than, you know, like a, like a po- five years post Return of the Jedi Han Solo would have any interest in helping Boba Fett. So maybe there'll be a reason. Maybe, maybe they'll explain it. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I've heard that. Uh, who knows? Maybe more clones. I mean, you never know. So we'll, we will see. But uh, really phenomenal episode, and it makes the other three episodes better. Yeah, not that they yeah, were bad in my book, yeah. but makes them no, no. It it really ties. It so far has tied everything together up to this point. So now we can go forward with the story. The only thing that bothers me about this is that I, I well, I guess, I guess, if it's truly well received, you can do another season. There can be more Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and I have a feeling that. They are trying to keep everything open. I think that they want to do. They mentioned this, like between Boba Fett, Mandalorian, what was going to be the Rangers of the New Republic, and Ahsoka. You were creating all of these storylines to have one big story come together. Whether that story comes on Disney Plus or it it's <clears throat> part of a movie release, 
you know, years down the road. I don't know if they're trying to fully emulate the whole uh, Endgame and, and Infinity War thing, but, uh, you know, I, maybe in their own little way, you know, in, in a much smaller yeah. scale. So I, I'm, I'm there for it. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Din Djarin is going to repeat, is going re- yeah. to make an appearance. I mean, it's not like it wouldn't be, he's already filming, you know, for both for Mandalorian season three. So it's yeah. not like he was not around. So, and, and he just got, he just, you know, Boba Fett just pulled a big, a pretty good solid helping him get, get Grogu back and all that other stuff. So, and he still has the saber. So that, that could be an interesting, uh, it could be an interesting play there, but anyways. Will, this, will we be able, now this could be a way that we see because what ship will he be flying? Because if you remember, the Razor Crest has gone boom. True. So we'll see. We might get a first, first look at uh, Mando's new ship. I hope he one. just, I, I, I will say, I know this sounds, this is kind of a cheap uh, way out, but I hope that he gets another Razor Crest style ship. Yeah. Only because I have been informed that my Haslab spot my Haslab backed Razorcrest is shipping and I should be getting it in in a week or two or three or four, but it's coming. And I don't want to like have it and open it up only to find out that the Mandalorian is now flying a completely different looking ship. But yeah. it's okay. Whatever happens, I'll do Whatever it. Ha- yeah. yeah. But um <laughs> yeah, so really just a it was a hooting, hooting good time, you know, and 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 I just, I was just loving. Oh, and I loved uh, um, Jennifer Beale's character. Okay, hit it, Max. And there's Max yeah, Rebo right back finally, there. Yeah, and finally, because that's that was the first time. I think that was the first time that they, because we've kind of thought it was Max Rebo, but that was kind of the first like official confirmation when he called when she called him by name, Max. I, so does so does that mean that? Um, the uh, the the other guy is from the Cantina band. I don't know, Figure Dan. Now there are there are five or six. I'm saying I know I know I don't know. I think I know them all. There's Figure Dan. There's uh, Doik Nod. There's Tech Ikabel, Kedden, um, and I and I forget the other one. So uh. You know, it could be any one of them, or it could be somebody else. Who knows? There's, oh, the Bith are known for their musical prowess. Yeah. So I. Same song. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, they were playing a different song in this show. It's okay. They, yeah. Like first, not the first episode. First episode, they were just playing like a Latinized version of it of the Cantina band. But then, then now they were playing something different. So I'm like, all right, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Hey, if you ever go in, if you want, if you want to go into like uh, iTunes and look for like Rex's playlist from Oga's Cantina, there's actually a couple of cool tunes in there. That there's like a, a set of about six or eight tunes that play in Oga's Cantina that they released that you can get on 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 iTunes, but you can listen to samples of them. It's fun, or you can find them on YouTube's YouTube. Uh, but they're kind of fun, and some of them are figuring Dan's band, so they have the same instrumentation, but it's different music. So it's 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 fun. Right. Anyway, so yeah, great great episode. Can't wait for the next one. Man, I love it. Yeah. And 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 me I do want to. And I do want to say though that anybody who's who's not a fan, that's fine. It's okay if you're not a fan. Just understand that when you get overly passionate and start saying that nothing has been good that since Disney took over, um, I just feel that that's 
You know, there's a lot of people who disagree with you. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who disagree with us in liking the show. Yeah. But um yeah. You know, I've, some- always, I've always said said this. It's and this goes both ways, is anytime you start saying I hear any people start saying you're not a true fan yet. Yeah. That's, that's where I have an issue. It's you yeah. know it's, I mean, you can like what you like, don't like what you like. Yeah. But like <clears throat> I would say the same thing about someone who would say if you if you don't like the sequels, you're not a true fan. Well, it's opinion. That's yeah, I, absolutely. And and the thing is that and, and you, know, you got to be, you know, and it's maybe because my whole life, my whole adult life, anyway. Well, even my young young life, I have been around many people. I've worked in a, I've worked in, um, you know, education with hundreds of kids each, every year, and you know, I see my wife too, and they we see how much you know. We, things that we love things that they love things that our parents love like all the different generations and the reality of it is that so much of it's now multi-generational and a lot of people feel that way a lot of people have said like they've said that about the prequel they didn't like the prequels they went to go see it with their children and their children love it and then they say well no no you and i the people have said this they're like I couldn't believe my child was actually loving the Phantom Menace and saying the Phantom Menace was their favorite movie. So I sat him down and I said, you need to watch Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. So they sat down and watched it and the kid didn't get didn't connect with it. They didn't relate to it. Part of it is that the style of the movie making from the 1970s is not what they are used to. And there's a faster and more intense and, you know, more CG-esque uh, look to the films, and so they connect to that. But then those kids are now adults taking their kids to see the sequels, and the same exact thing happens. They are like, "Oh, this this is garbage! I can't believe Disney did this." And then the kids like, "Oh yeah, I love I love Ray. I love Finn, man. Oh my god, this is fantastic! I can't wait to see the next one." And it's like, "No, you got to sit down and watch," <laughs> you know. And it's like the whole thing repeats itself, and it's like, guys. It's got somebody. Every movie, your least favorite Star Wars movie is somebody's favorite. Exactly. Your least favorite Star Wars TV show, somebody's favorite. Mm-hmm. So deal with it. I mean, yeah. you know, it does. Now, you want to have a, an honest criticism of it? I mean, I know one guy um, named Paul Bateman. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's actually an artist and um, he's in the, he's into production design and movies. He actually worked very closely with Ralph McQuarrie uh, when and he kind of. Um, curating his art and his collection and kind of running his foundation when 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 Ralph was still alive and I guess he still does it to some degree and um, he's you know he's very critical of Star Wars but in a very specific sense hmm. he has a problem with last week's episode because the the mod people were zippers and if you think about it if you've known anything about production design of Star Wars no buttons no zippers anywhere to be seen in the original trilogy. It just didn't happen. It was a thing George Lucas wanted. It was a thing Ralph McQuarrie made sure to draw. <clears throat> so you didn't see it. And that carried over in the prequels. And it carried over into the sequels for the most part. But now we're seeing in the TV shows, that's not something that whoever was in charge either made an aesthetic decision to have, what's her name with the blue hair, um, have the... Uh, have some zippers and buttons on her jacket, mm-hmm. or maybe they didn't even think about it. You know, maybe the budget wasn't there to think about that and it came to the costuming, whatever it might be. So he was very upset about it and he said so, but then people kind of 
gave him a hard time and started beating up on him. And he said, look, I'm not, and he said, I'm not going to apologize for being critical. I said, this is what I, this is what I feel now. I'm going to keep watching it. I'm going to watch the next episode and see what I see what I see what I see. But I but that's something that's bothering me and I'm not going to be afraid to say it. So I understand that side to side of it, too. And I don't want to see people be afraid to speak of speak critically, you know, of it. Personally, I didn't care about the zippers, um, but I also understand why some people might. So whatever. But as, but again, I love this episode. It's probably my favorite of the four. So far, yeah, mine too, definitely. Just, just because it had so much in it. Yeah. And, and I would say that. I wish, I wish. I mean, maybe the stories don't work for it. So I guess it's good for them to have flexibility in, in the length of episode each week. But I really wish that there wasn't ever an episode that was less than 45 minutes. You know, I, I wish they were closer to 50 minutes. Just that, you know, we're used to that. That's like an hour TV show. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're used yeah. to that. Yeah, and uh, I but if the story doesn't really call for it, yeah, then, yeah, then that's, that's the thing. If the story doesn't call for it, then you know, I'd rather have you know, a a shorter episode with a really good story than have a long one that just you know stretches everything out. You're just like, all right, come on, come on, get to it, get to absolutely. it. Absolutely, you're right. Um, you're absolutely yeah. right. So that's true. So, <clears throat> uh, as we wrap up. <laughs> To today, I want to give a quick shout out to our. Uh, let me bring it up here. Uh, oh, here we are. Our all our listeners out there, as you can see, this is our anchor page. We are at. Uh, 51 estimated, uh, our audience is now at 51, 42 in our last, uh, last seven days. So thank you for everyone that's been listening to the show, uh, Yay. seeing those numbers like that for, I know that a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of Star uh, Wars podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there I know there's a lot. lot of well, I know that there are, well, also that there's a lot of podcasts that probably you look you would look, look at those numbers like well, those are small numbers for us. That is huge for us to get those numbers up. Um, yeah, this is something I didn't know if we'd ever reach those type of numbers before. We'd reach you know 51 uh, average listeners, of 51 listeners average. Uh, it's just really cool. Uh, yeah. So thank everyone out there who listens to the show. Whether thank you, you uh, whether you first time listener, you listen all the time, new listener, old listener, thank you guys. It yeah. really means a lot to us. Um, yeah, we're we're really we really appreciate it. We do, we do. But and we and again because we know there's so much out there and there's only so many hours in a day. So we exactly. do we do appreciate you giving us some time and and uh, please let us know if there's anything any specific yeah. episodes yeah. you'd like us to talk about anything anything you'd like us to to discuss Star Wars related uh, and we'll and we'll see what and we can tell do. your friends tell your friends about us. Thank you. Yeah, share. Yeah. Please share, share share these things on uh, on social media. It's the best way yeah. to get tell the word out. Tell people about them. Tell people where you found it at. Tell us where you found us at. You know, tell us where you listen. Um, your I you know, ideas, what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. You know, things that you think we could work on because we want to make 
the best Star Wars content content that we can for you guys. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but yeah. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Will, why don't you tell the fine people out there where they can find you at? Darth Tuba on uh, YouTube. I have Wednesday and Sunday episodes generally dropping. And uh, it's all about Star Wars unboxing, collecting. Um, and I'm very excited to be got a bunch of new vi videos coming out. Got another trip to uh, Batu East coming and uh we'll have we'll hopefully get a we're also going to do some stuff uh an episode we may do two episodes there one about batu and one about the epcot uh festival of the arts uh because there's a whole bunch of great artists all around the the area during the festival and a ton of star wars art so we want to showcase a lot of that so we're looking forward to that and you can reach me at uh, by just looking for those looking for at darth tuba on instagram and twitter Look for the, the channel on YouTube just by doing a search for Darth Tuba Star Wars Unboxing page. or, or it's, I'm, I'm, That's a Facebook uh, Star Wars Unboxing show on YouTube and DarthTuba77 at gmail.com if you want to email me. All right. As for us uh, here at the show, if you want to email us, as, we, as we've said beginning, we want to hear from you guys. Uh, you can email us through our official email, which is War of the Stars war of the stars one at gmail.com that is also our official official twitter handle uh you can find us on facebook and instagram just search war of the stars a star wars podcast um and you will find us there i uh, uh what else what else what else oh uh of course patreon patreon.com mm -hmm. forward slash war of the stars uh, you can find us on our P uh, you can get, um, all the cool t-shirts that we got. The link is in the, our Twitter page, uh, probably going to be making some changes to that in the next month or two, uh, updating it, making it easier to find stuff like that. So be looking for that. Uh, and that is about it. We are, oh, we are just a few weeks away from the official Star Wars podcast day. Woo! Uh, we're going to be uh, involved with a lot of different podcasts. Uh, we did this last year with, I think it was 80 podcasts were involved in this. So for those of you who don't know, it is the anniversary of the very first Star Wars podcast back in 1999. I don't even know if they were called podcasts back then. Right, right, right. <laughs> It might have just been internet radio show or something like that. But um, so this is a celebration of that. Um, and a lot of shows, a lot of shows from the Red 5 Network, which, by the way, we are a proud member of Red 5 Network. Red 5, red5network.com for more information. Uh, but not just that show, but I mean, a lot of really big name uh, Star Wars podcasts are on that. Um, I can't think of any right off the bat. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's going to be a lot of not just small podcasts, but actually really, really big podcasts are going to be a part of this. So it's that we're so proud to be a part of this, uh, for the second year in a row. And so, um, be looking forward to that, be looking forward to all the news of what we're going to be talking about. Uh, and we're also going to be preparing in the next couple months for our sixth anniversary of war of the stars which is going to be coming in may so a lot of stuff coming up in the next uh over the next year that we got planned um 
and just moving the show forward and yeah, just looking forward to everything that's coming up in the future. Awesome. So with that being said, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the force be with you. And in honor of the person who may be showing up next week, remember, this is the way.